This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown and Ben McKee coming to you from Neyland Stadium here on a Saturday night where Tennessee has taken care of business, business, if I can get that out of my mouth correctly. The Vols defeated Mizzou 66-24 in a game that there, for a while, uh, I think you could use the phrase lemon booty a little bit. Tennessee, at the end of the, the second quarter there, the beginning of the third quarter, game should have been over. It wasn't. Mizzou makes a big play, gets within 28-24, and, and then all of a sudden things a little, little tight, a little tight. And then Tennessee goes on and scores 38 points in the final 23 minutes, restores order, and wins 66-24. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say it was? Lemon booty. What on earth is that? To quote, my, to quote Jeremy Pruitt, what is that? What is that? Lemon booty is uh, basically a little uptight. You, you get a little bit worried. You, you, know, you, you get a little clenching going on there on the back end. Okay, I was, I was wondering if it's related to swamp ass. Yeah. It, it's, um, I guess lemon <laughs> Maybe booty. Maybe pucker could, time. Lemon booty could cause swamp ass, I think, technically. <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it were enough lemony, it, it could do that. It might have a lemon zest to it. It might but smell still, better. But still a little swampy. Yeah, lemon, lemon peel helps a lot of things. Tennessee did take care of business. If you just look at the box score, you will see very clearly the better football team won this game. But we hear so many times, and I think rightfully so, about the middle eight. You know, the last four minutes of the second quarter, the first four minutes of the third quarter. This was the complete opposite of that because the peripheral 52 were so dominant that uh, the middle eight didn't really matter so much. Yeah, Tennessee had, uh, what was it, 720. Four yards, uh, program record surpassing the 718 from the 2012 Troy game, which uh, if those of you, the real ones will remember how drunk that game was. Yes, it was. 55-48 the final. Tennessee also gave up 700 yards in that game. Shout out South and Sari. But, um, yeah, and I've said this before, I think Tennessee over these last three games, you know, beating Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, it's not going to move the needle from a resume standpoint. But with Tennessee still chasing a college football playoff spot, they have the, the best way they can help themselves is to, quote-unquote, look like a playoff team. Or I would say for two-plus quarters, I don't know that Tennessee did. You know, Missouri's played a lot of close games. Uh, their previous four, you know, their four SEC losses this season were all decided by, I think, like a total of 18 points. So you kind of saw that a little bit, you know, maybe why Missouri's hung around, although they haven't been as good offensively as they were for two-plus quarters. Uh, and then Tennessee did look like a playoff team. You know, shut Missouri down, got some big plays, uh, and really put the uh, foot to the gas and even tacked on a couple of uh, style point touchdowns there at the end, which um, I'll, I'll give Eli Drinkwitz credit. He did not have uh, take issue with, with uh, Tennessee letting Joe Milton throw, uh, let it fly there down in the last six minutes of the game. Um, but, you know, Tennessee goes on and, and wins this game comfortably and, um, and, and did what it needed to do. Yeah, I think that to that end – I've always been of the belief that 
if as long as your starters aren't in the game and your backups are playing your offense, I, I have no problem with what you're doing there. And, and also, to be frank, Tennessee needs to win games impressively. And I, I would imagine on some level, Eli Drinkwitz probably understands that. Doesn't mean he's going to enjoy watching his team give up two big long touchdowns or two, two big long passes in the final five minutes of a game when they're already boat raced. But it is what it is this time of year. Tennessee has the schedule that it has. The, the final three weeks for Tennessee were always going to be a beauty pageant. It, it's not just like you, a win is, is good enough. It might be. Three close wins, you never know how the rest of the games go. That might be enough to still get the job done. But if you want to really decisively make an emphatic statement that we are a playoff team, you do that by winning games like this, 66-24. to 24. Quick reminder, Mizzou's first four SEC losses this season, the only four SEC losses it had coming into this game, were by a combined 18 points. Four losses, including a loss to Georgia, in that mix – 18 points. Mizzou came into this game 13th nationally in total defense, 304.1 yards allowed per game. Tennessee wins by by what? Let me see my math. 42 points, and then on top of that, gets 724 yards of offense. It's 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 a it's a statement, uh, declarative kind of game. I think it, it was very impressive. It was very impressive, and and I thought Josh Heupel said. Uh, after the game, I thought he said it perfectly that Missouri's defense is very good. Uh, just look at what they've been able to do all season long. They, they've improved week to week. That that defensive front is is really really good. It is. It is. It is a. It's the real deal. It's it's no fluff to it. And Tennessee was very impressive on, on the offensive side of the ball, as as Patrick and Wes have both alluded to in terms of the stats that they have thrown out. So. Uh, th- this is a offensive performance that should absolutely carry weight with the playoff committee the next couple of weeks. Now, I'm sure with the way that they've gone the first two weeks of, of this year's playoff rankings, uh, I'm sure they'll find a way to slight Tennessee for its offensive performance today, uh, despite doing it against a really good Missouri defense. And uh, despite the fact that Tennessee set a program record for total yards in a game and scored nearly 70 points. And honestly, Tennessee could have scored 80 today. Yeah, they they could they literally could have scored 80 today. It, it it until those final 38 points, Tennessee was it was playing well on offense, but it was leaving points out there. Go go look at the possession to to end the half when Jalen Hyatt drops two passes on, on back-to-back plays, and, and then on fourth down, uh, you're called for holding, and, and Hinden was tackled anyway, so it would not have mattered. But still, just pre, not pre-snap penalties, penalties, penalties in general still cost you at times. It, it wasn't efficient offensive football from start to finish. It was a great day offensively. It was explosive. It was explosive, absolutely. And the last quarter and a half to two quarters, it was really, really good. Not not even just explosive. I mean, they were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball. They were able to do whatever they wanted. But the, the drive to start the second half did not look good, and, and that allowed – uh, Missouri to go down and score and make it a four-point game. And, and then that's when the Tennessee offense really started clicking on all cylinders. But, it, I mean, it took till eight minutes or so in the third quarter for, for that to happen. So if they had played that way the in, the entire first half, they're, they're still telling what the, the, the score would have been. And, and I, I just – I'm always amazed by, by some of these reactions. I mean, there, there's already people out there saying that Tennessee was doing too much and, and this and that and – Whatever Josh Heupel is absolutely somebody that respects the game, and he and he goes about it the right way. He he typically 
if if they're up big and it's the end of the game, he typically slows it down. There, there's plenty of evidence that we can host a, a whole other podcast of, of giving examples for. But in games where his team needs to show something, like Tennessee's in the current predicament that they are in, or if the opposing coach has gone out of their way to slight Tennessee's program under Heupel, he lets them know about it. Go back and look at UT Martin in the end of that game with, with some of the throws that they were making down down the field following the recruitment of Ty Simpson with, with his dad, Jason Simpson, being the head coach and, over. And, and a tight end touchdown pass. At Martin. <laughs> and and then go back and listen to Eli Drinkwitz's comments on the Jim Rome show over the summer. And, and, and that was more of a dig at the former staff with, with Jeremy Pruitt and, and jokingly questioning Casey, uh, Jeremy Pruitt's wife, and, and, and her, or questioning his wife and her dedication to the Missouri football program compared to Casey Pruitt's dedication to the Tennessee football program because of some of the things that have leaked out there uh, that, that she was doing to help Tennessee get players. Yes, that was a shot at, at Jeremy Pruitt, but it was also a shot at Tennessee. And it, in my opinion, it was Eli Drinkwitz trying to remind people, hey, Tennessee is still under NCAA investigation. There, there, there was a reason that Drinkwood said that. It may not have been a direct shot at Heupel, but there's a reason it got brought up. Uh, and, and I don't think that that was forgotten. So to, to the people that are complaining about Tennessee putting up 66, you're being soft, quite frankly, because, A, Eli Drinkwitz wanted to run his mouth, which, which he typically does. There's always more highlights from his press conferences than there are his football games. And then also Tennessee's in the predicament with the college football playoffs to where it needs to have this type of offensive performance. Scoring 66 points against that Missouri defense – don't look at the logo on the side of the helmet. Just go look at what they've done statistically all season. That should carry a lot of weight with the college football playoff committee. Yeah, my stance on that has always been that if you – and Drinkwitz, to his credit, said this after the game. If It's your job as a coach to play 60 minutes and coach 60 minutes and get your guys to play the game. As long as you don't have your starters out there, and I don't care what you're doing. If you want to go hurry up, I mean, that that's – that, that's what they do offensively. So I'm not going to say that it's the kindest gesture that I've ever seen uh, because it didn't have to happen necessarily. But as long as you have your backups out there doing it, I don't care. They need reps too. Right. Those guys need full speed practice I, reps and game reps. As much as I hate to admit it, I have to agree with Wes here. If you still have the starters in, I think that's that that's maybe a little unsportsmanlike, if you will. But, I mean, you put Joe Milton – What? I think God put Joe Milton on this earth to be able to throw a football. Yeah, he did. 80 yards 100%, beautifully. 100%. Mizzou had his starters in. Well, right. And so, um, you know, what, what is Joe Milton going to do when you put him in? And even if you tell him, Joe, just hand the ball off. <laughs> and, and when he didn't chunk it deep, he ran over a Missouri defensive back. Right. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just go on the record and say that I'm starting the 2023 Joe Milton Heisman campaign. I'm just going to go. No, no, I started that. Already starting it. Already starting it. See ya, Hendon Hooker. <laughs> See ya. Just get out of the way. The Joe, <laughs> the, the Joe Express is coming. Just just get out of the way. Air Milton is on to, the way. To, to borrow Hendon's quote from after the game, I'm a big Joe Milton fan. <laughs> it, it, I've, said this for, I've said this for years, and I mean it. I have no idea how good Joe Milton – can be at football, but I damn sure want to watch the journey because he right. is on. And take nothing away from the fact that Hendon Hooker, on a week in, week out basis, is playing quarterback at a level that nobody around here has done it in a long time. And he will, as in all seriousness, as as Heupel said after the game, he will go down as one of the greats in this program's history. There's no question about that. But uh, there are times where you watch Milton and what he can do physically, and. 
we're all football fans, right? We're all sports fans. You just kind of want to see a freak do what a freak can do. Yeah, but that's that's enough about the backup quarterback. Let, let's talk about I agree. the starting quarterback and, and Hendon Hooker. He was uh, for really the, him and, and really the entire offense. It was back to, to normal service. This was more like what we saw in the first eight games and not in, in the one game against Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia's defense is really good, played really well. Tennessee did a lot of dumb things in that game. Um, a lot of self-inflicted mistakes that, that had nothing to do with Georgia. Missed opportunities um, are probably mainly, mainly the biggest thing that they're worried about, You know, some of those shots that they didn't hit. Um, the big plays were, were coming in droves. I think if I'm remembering the statistics correctly, and I'm, explosive plays here are passes of 15-plus yards mm-hmm. and runs of 10-plus yards. Tennessee had 24 of those plays in this game for <laughs> 606 it's so, yards. It's so stupid. Um, what they're doing offensively is just stupid. And, and, and I think they had 12 plays of over 20 yards, and they had one, I think, last week against Georgia. It was late in the game. So um, back to what they do, back to Hooker in control, throwing the, you know, throwing the football really well, running. Uh, he had a couple of nice runs. The the fake pitch on the speed option was was a thing of beauty. Yes, he made a safety look bad on his touchdown run. Um, you know, Jalen Hyatt got wide open again. I'm sure we need to dev- uh, we need to devote at least part of the second segment to that beautiful design. That was football there. porn. That that that, right. that 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 whole drive um, that two play sequence was football porn. And, and they did this without Cedric Tillman and, and Josh Heupel gave a, a sort of a weird mm-hmm. answer after the game, saying it wasn't have to do with his ankle. We just talked before the game and decided that he's that he's going to sit out. Wait, everybody around here has been sick he, lately. Maybe it's that. He I came, don't know. He came. He he was you know the field was wet, but that seems to be like it would be an ankle situation. Correct. I, the the Tennessee SID Bill Martin said when I asked him for an official comment when we saw him on the sideline during the game that went through warm ups and everything was normal and they just decided because of the weather they didn't want to push it. Maybe that's not the a hundred percent truth, but that's at least what they're saying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just weird, weird it, when you hear that. Right. Then prove. I mean, I'm sorry. Then then Heupel's answer. It's weird. Right. Yeah. It, there's some disconnect there, but may not. It may be nothing. Um, you know, Brew McCoy, I thought her league game today. He, he's the wild card for me looking way off into the future because, uh, you know, Tillman, Tillman's going. Hyatt at this point has to, he, he kind of sidestepped it after the, after the game, he was they asked go. if, if this was his final game at Neyland and he said, I'm not focused on that right now. I'm focused on the team, focused on winning a national championship. Um, he, he's made himself more money than anybody on this team this season. So. Uh, he, at this point, I think Mel Kuyper has him 13 on his big board. I mean, at that point, you, you kind of have to he'll, – he'll run amazing, all that stuff. So, um, But McCoy is the guy that, you know, if he comes back, he can have a lot of games like this next season where he's, he's the number one guy, he's the focal point. I think he had nine catches for 111 yards. Uh, Missouri doesn't have Georgia's cornerbacks, but Missouri has a couple of good cornerbacks, I yeah, think. And, and Chris Abrams drain. Uh, he's a legit NFL prospect. Ennis Rakestraw is a guy that chose Missouri over Alabama coming out of high school. So there's some good players there. Uh, and McCoy was up to the challenge of those guys. And um, like I said, this offense got back to, to normal service. And, and probably the biggest surprise today was Dylan Sampson because he's been missing all season. You talk to some people in the program, you know, everybody raved about him back in camp. In camp, he looked good. Um, you see just you, know, you hear people talk about him and like he's the most dynamic running back on the team. There's some people in the program that believe that, but he has not gotten very many opportunities. I think he had three carries in SEC games coming into this one. Um, all you know, He had four touchdowns this season, but all those were against – Ball State, Akron, and, and UT Martin, and he gets in the game and, and gives a spark. Big forty-two yard run, a fifteen yard run. I think he had, I think seventeen yards on a couple runs on on Tennessee's touchdown drives. And um, Tennessee started off slow running the football. Missouri's run defense was a big 
thing coming into this game because they had, they've gone from like one four uh, one twenty four to nineteen and and, and they and, get vertical they in the rankings like and, and, and ways. they get vertical they they, they had gone a, a, made a huge jump in, in just the national rankings in terms of run defense and early on it was it lived up to the billing you know Tennessee rushed for four fifty eight in this game last season and and I think the the first nine carries from running backs went for like twenty six yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Tennessee had over 100 yards rushing uh, in the second quarter, hit, hit some big runs. Jabari Small and Jalen Wright had one of those each. Hinton Hooker got going. Um, and Tennessee was in – I think they ended up rushing for 264. So everything was clicking on offense today. And really the only time Tennessee was stopped is when they stopped themselves. So uh, a complete performance on that side of the ball. And, and to what Ben was saying about the committee, I go back to what they said, um, I think after the first rankings when they were explaining Ohio State over Georgia. And they were like, Ohio State has a really good offense. That was, that was the reasoning. So if you're trying to check boxes that the that the selection committee is on record saying that matter, well, there, there's one you just had 720-something yards and 66 points. Yeah, if you want fun football in the college football playoff, it, if it comes down, and I'm not saying it should, but if there comes to be a, a decision that you have to make on whether someone's going to be, you know, what kind of football do you want in there or what kind of is it this team or that team, if the tiebreaker is the fun team, the team in orange would, would maybe win that tiebreaker because this is a team that you want to watch play football. Unless you hate them, in, in which case that's fine. But it, or unless you're a defensive guy. Yeah, if you are a defensive coach, these guys will just give you nightmares. It's, un, it's unreal what they've done. we got more to talk that, about. That was more this. about Tennessee's defense because sometimes they play bad defense. Yes, yes, they do. And I think we do need to discuss that a little bit in the second segment. We will. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll talk about the defense a little bit. We'll wrap it up by talking about some other things, and then we'll get out of here. Um, but before we do that, we're going to step away for a quick break, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, right here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee and Patrick Brown coming to you from Neyland Stadium where 5th-ranked Tennessee has uh, dispatched Mizzou with authority 66 226 224, a game that was 
Uh, a little bit close there. Uh, we discussed the phrase lemon booty slash swamp ass there for a while in that football game. We'll, we'll maybe, maybe we'll call it uh, lemon booty ass at, at points during that game. But then Tennessee goes on an absolute rampage, Archer-style rampage. They're the final 23 minutes of that game. Wins the game 66-24. to Makes a statement. I think an impressive one to the committee. Maybe not everything perfect, um, but, but a lot of things were good. A lot more good than bad. And we'll discuss all that here in a second. But before we do that, just a quick uh, request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops. Go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We sure would appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website right there, GoVols247.com, that's fine. We love you. No wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go on there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to rate, review, and subscribe, and, uh, you know, go tell your friends. Go tell people that you see at church. Tell people that you see out around town. Go go tell people that you see eating lunch tomorrow. Go tell people you see on the golf course if you can still play golf uh, if it's not too cold out there to get that stuff done. Uh, whatever you do. In fact, there was one this week. I got a, got a message this week that someone's mailman was delivering them mail, noticed the person had a Tennessee shirt on, and the mailman talked to the Tennessee fan about the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. So it is working. You may laugh at this, ladies and gentlemen. It is working. And if you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Guys, Tennessee's defense. Um, the first, I think it was 10 of Missouri's first 11 possessions were either three and out or points on the board. Uh, Tennessee, I think on the back end in particular, the safeties in particular, had some cringy moments in this game. We've seen that before. These guys have been at Tennessee for like a combined 84 years. They are who they are. They're going to look solid at times, and then at times you're going to cringe a little bit. But at the end of the day, they got stops. They got off the field. They allowed only 24 points. I don't think it's a terrible defensive performance, but I also – at some point, you just look at these guys and you're like, it's not going to get dramatically better. They are who they are. Yeah, and I think Missouri brought out some of the old defensive struggles that we've that we've come to see from Tennessee. And I thought Drinkwitz and his staff had a good game plan and had some really good play calls. Got in the rhythm bad, there. Bad game management, but good play calls. Yeah, you know, you know, Brady Cook. They got the running back. They got the quarterback involved with some design runs. Um, with some draws, some sweeps. He, he, he wasn't a big scrambler going into the game. Um, and, and, you know, they used him on, on some timely uh, design calls there. Had the 40-yard the run right before half to set up a field goal. Uh, and Missouri got the ball, you know, early on it was all east-west. Jet sweeps, quick bubble screens, all those things to get uh, – basically just get Dominic Lovett and Luther Burden – get the ball in their hands and let them get into space and, and make Tennessee guys tackle in space, got the ball in the perimeter. That worked. And then, you know, they threw some passes uh, over the middle of the field to uh, the, the Bannister kid who I think might be 37 years old. Might be. Um, I think yeah, he, he actually, he, he, I think, I think uh, he, I think he went to high school with Hendon Hooker's dad. <laughs> he probably remembers what it, like, what it was like to play for Josh Eipel and, and Gary Pinkle back in the day. Um, but, you know, I, I to hear Tennessee's, you know, to hear Josh Heupel and some of Tennessee's players talk about it, they just played better. 
uh, in the second half um, and, and over the last 20-plus minutes of the game and were able to contain the quarterback run. Um, and there were some plays Missouri had that they didn't make, you know, some really nice design calls where they didn't catch the ball or, or made an errant throw that uh, when, when they had guys open. So, um, yeah, I, it, it is what it is on this defense. I mean, we, we've spent enough time talking about it over the season. There's going to be moments where they don't look great. The touchdown pass on, on the fourth and one was just bad, really bad. I mean, Brandon Turnage was lost in coverage, and, and McCullough made a worse play. Um, you know, Tamir McDonald gets run by on the touchdown. That was a hell of a throw. It though. was a good throw. That, that was one. Of but, the, I mean, that was a that was almost a Joe Milton caliber throw. No, it, was it wasn't. Beautiful. But it was beautiful. You could not throw the ball don't fifty you, yards downfield don't, better don't, than that. Don't you don't you slide Big Joe like that? Um, I think I think you're underselling Cook on that throw. So, but. Yeah, I mean, they just, you know, again, though, when they needed to, they bowed up, they made some stops. And early on, I think Missouri's first six possessions, it was four three and outs and then two touchdowns. So a lot of boom or bust, and eventually it became more uh, more boom than bust as, as Tennessee was able to pull away. Yeah, I think that um, I think that it's difficult. The one thing, if you want to be a little bit worried about something, is that you saw it a little bit last week, but Stetson Bennett, does, Stetson Bennett does that in most games. That That is who he is, and he's just a squirrely dude who's going to get out there and make and wiggle and make you miss and do some stuff. But to see a quarterback like Brady Cook go in there and do what he did with his legs today, that was something that it looked like Tennessee had started to kind of get its claws around. Tennessee had started to not allow stuff like that. And for that to creep back up, you, you know the next couple of weeks they're playing guys at quarterback who can run a little bit, and that is, I think, at least a little bit of a concern. Yeah, and that's been a concern all season. And for, for those who aren't as familiar with Brady Cook, he, he is a guy that can absolutely do what he did today. That, that's the best mm-hmm. aspect of his game. And we heard from, you know, Tim Banks talked about it during the week that this guy's a better athlete than people give him credit for. I'm not, sure he should be, I'm not sure he should be rushing for 106 yards or whatever it was. No, I, but my point is he's capable of doing that, though. But obviously from Tennessee's perspective, you don't want to be the team that, uh, that allows him to, to go out there and, and make the most of, of his ability and, and his potential. I, I don't know who – Missouri ends the season with I think they play Arkansas the final game of the season I would not be at all surprised if if he ran for a hundred yards again against Arkansas just because he does have that ability it's not like my point is that it's not uh, a a pro style quarterback back there it's not JT Shrout running for a hundred yards on the defense Brady Cook's really athletic his problem is is that he's he's young I don't know how young, actually, now that I think about it. I, this might, might be his sophomore. third. Sophomore? Okay, I, didn't, I couldn't remember if he was like a redshirt sophomore or a true junior. But uh, he's inexperienced playing at this level, and he is very inconsistent. That that has been his problem. And uh, unfortunately for Tennessee, th- this is one of his better games of the season. Uh, and, and part of that is Brady Cook does have some potential. The other part, which is what – the, the standpoint we will look at it from and, and how the coaches will view it is that Tennessee had a decent bit to do with him having success today, more success than, than he has had consistently this season. And also I thought the other big issue, aside from the the quarterback run stuff, was that Tennessee's DBs did not win one-on-one matchups on, on the perimeter. Uh, there were several times in, in which DBs were, were being beat. that They, they just simply were on, on the touchdown to Lovett down the seam, I think, uh, in the south end zone. Uh, 
he he just beat Slaughter down the seam. I mean, it was it was that simple. Uh, Luther Burden was able to win some one-on-one matchups. I, I didn't think Tennessee secondary. I think that kid's going to win some one-on-one matchups. So he's, he's yes, yeah. he he's naturally talented, like Jalen Hyatt, yeah. uh, and and would look really good in Tennessee's offense. I'm sure Josh Heupel is is thinking. Yeah, to, I, I, I wonder what the what the Mizzou NIL collective uh, situation is over there with him because he was a huge prospect. So he he might be glued there, but uh, if not. Boy, that would be an interesting addition, wouldn't it? Well, and and uh, after the Kentucky game this year, I, I did witness a a Tennessee linebacker recruiting a a starting Kentucky defensive lineman to to come join Tennessee after the season. I, I saw that same Tennessee linebacker recruiting some Missouri players today after the game. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, th- there were some ears. Or, or some voices in the ear of Luther Burden after the game today. But, no, Tennessee's defense, like Patrick said, Patrick said it perfectly, and, and everybody knows this. It, it's it's not a, a defense that is just going to go out and, and win you football games. Uh, it, it's a defense that has some some flaws that, that really pop up at times, but, but they're also going to make some plays here and there. So uh, it is something to watch going forward with Spencer Rattler and Mike Wright. We we saw Mike Wright run all over Kentucky this afternoon and, and help Vanderbilt beat Kentucky. Uh, but also the, threw for like a hundred yards more than Will Levis did. Just got pulled, by the way. As they're down thirty-one to six in in the swamp to a, a bad Florida team, by the way. Uh, but every, the national media members will, will keep uh, riding the jock strap of Shane Beamer because he likes to talk to them. Uh, but that, that's neither here nor there. Patrick, how you really feel, Ben? Patrick's over here getting me I like, sidetracked. I, I, I like Ben McKee unplugged. Let's just. We, we I'm always like a, unplugged. I always keep it real. I mean, this is. I, I I like it. I like it, and I think that what people in South Carolina are not going to like that an angry Jalen Hyde is coming there next Correct. week. And that, he, yes. His feelings for that program are well known. I would be very, very surprised if he was made available to the media the next uh, couple of days. I, I, I think that if we were going to, in hindsight, if we were going to ask Hyde a South Carolina question, maybe today would have been the day to do that. Cause I don't know that they're going to let him talk next week because uh, his feelings for his uh, home, home area, home city, home County school are, uh, are, are what they are. And uh, they're they're not great, so uh, we will see. But I, I, speaking of Hyatt, Ben, I, I think we talked about it a little bit in the first segment. That that two play sequence that Tennessee had right after Brady Cook made that throw, the thirty eight yard throw uh, for the touchdown to Love it. The game gets twenty eight twenty four. They come out and 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 Samson's out there. Like there was a big play, a big moment in the game, and Dylan Samson was the guy put in the backfield, and that you could you could tell they had a two play package set up. The first one, he goes out there, runs for about nine yards, Samson does. They, they line up quick. Swing pass. Swing pass, oh, swing pass. Swing pass. They get him. Yeah, basically one of those, okay, yeah, they get him out there for nine yards. Point, that's the point. And, and then the second thing, they go in there and Hyatt's hiding behind the left guard. They have a lot of eye candy. Rue McCoy is a tight end. Yeah, the, the, it's a funky formation. And Samson's in motion the other way. And, and just an absolutely – walk-in touchdown from 68 yards. Hyatt jogged the entire way down the sideline. There, there was no – he could have run for like – he could have run a 5K. There was nobody catching him. He could have been running now, uh, whichever way that end zone is. He was jogging. River. Yeah, he, he could have gone out, out, out to North Knoxville. But I, I, I think that, that that moment right there, that play call, that's a, that's a package that Heupel has used before, he said, earlier in his career – um, and that was one that they, they went in and looked at this week. And I uh, give some credit to, to Mitch Militello, the offensive analyst, who, who was a big part of putting that stuff in for this week too. 
Golish and those guys dialed it up at the right time. And boy, did this stadium need that when it happened. Everything for Mizzou was done when that happened. Yes, and, and also the defense coming out and, and getting a, a stop right after that. I, I want to say it was a three and out after that Jalen Hyatt touchdown. Uh, re- regardless, they got a defensive stop, and, and then Tennessee's offense did what it did because of uh, the the energy of Dylan Sampson that, that he brought in and some really nice runs from, from Dylan Sampson, and I think you'll certainly see Dylan Sampson more uh, the rest of the season. It, I don't know that you'll see him – a ton going forward because Jabari Small and and Jalen Ryder are still going to be in front of him on the depth chart. But uh, you, you certainly feel good about the running back room going into next year with, with Jalen Wright a year older, Dylan Sampson a year older. That that has the makings to be a an electric running back room, quite frankly. And who knows what they'll they'll do with the transfer portal? I would but, add a back from the portal too if I could get the right kind of guy. I mean, I know they like some of the guys they got coming in too, but. And they might be adding a power back to the class here later on in you know in the next couple of weeks, um, but I, I still think Ben that they if if it's the right guys in the portal I think they got to take him. It has to be Jameer, like a Jameer Gibbs type because I, I don't think that it, it's going to to warrant taking away from other positions to to go get a a, a running back just need for a, the need sake a receiver need a tackle there's a lot of things they need just for the sake of getting a running back like you said you, you mentioned some offensive needs you you should have started with the secondary and uh, I try to I was just understood honestly <laughs> try to try to get a game changing linebacker you're, you're going to need some defensive linemen but to to get back to to Tennessee I, I I thought that that third quarter and that stretch of the offense breaking out and and the defense doing. Oh, what it's doing. I mean, that, that sums up Tennessee's season, right? The, this defense is flawed, but they get stops w- it, more often than, than you would probably think uh, just by watching naturally throughout the, the season. But it, it's the offense that, that has carried this team all season long, and it's, it's going to be the reason that they blow out South Carolina and Columbia next weekend. It's going to be the reason they destroy Vanderbilt to end the season uh, during Thanksgiving week. And uh, re- really – the only thing that they can do at this point is continue to to be them the the rest of the season and and sit back on the couch when they're not playing and and hope that they can get help elsewhere. Yeah, and I think to me that's the final thought that I've probably got is that 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 moment you know you had the it gets to twenty eight twenty four you get the quick touchdown you get a stop after maybe one first down for Mizzou I think that in between there was the only one of the ten of the first eleven drives that wasn't a three and out or. Uh, points. I think it was a couple first downs maybe and then punting it. But then again, Samson has the 42-yard run, another 20-yard run. They get right back in the end zone again. And and that, to me, was another moment of how this team is just wired and built and constructed differently from most of the Tennessee teams that we've seen in the recent past. Even last week in the loss at Athens, Tennessee had a couple chances to really, really wobble and take on water and get just annihilated in that game, and it didn't do it. Uh, There were times against Alabama where it could have folded, and it didn't. Came back and took the lead a couple times. There were moments uh, against uh, in the win over Florida, really, that in the end they wobbled a little bit, but they made the play they needed to to win the game. In this game, we have covered Tennessee teams who when that game gets to 28-24 and we get that feeling where the air is kind of sucked out of the stadium, Tennessee would start to kind of slowly capitulate. Instead, what this team did is what it's done all year long, which is respond. It goes up there, and like three minutes later, they've got two touchdowns on the board, and the game's over. And then they keep piling it on. They're just built different. They really are. 
Yeah, and to go to build on that respond uh, thought, I mean, th- this was uncharted territory for this team this week. Is it was their first loss, right? It was their first mm-hmm. um, moment of, of having to deal with the adversity, having to review the film, see all the things that you did wrong, and Tennessee did a lot of things wrong in that game against Georgia. Not to take anything away from Georgia, who played really well, um, but it, it would have to be frustrating. And, and as I went back and watched some of that game, I was like, well, "You're just doing dumb stuff here." Boss starting. Missing throws, um, got rattled. Getting you know, getting run by on defense, things like that. And you know, if as a player, I I was thinking, you know, I was thinking if I was a player, this would this would piss me off. It would be hard not to like carry that over, right? You know, but we saw this team handle the euphoria of the Alabama win and come back and, and handle business against UT Martin. Um, this was a little bit different because you're playing an SEC team that's capable of, of giving you a challenge and has challenged the teams this year. Um, and, and you know it didn't, it didn't go perfect, but you know, I, I never saw I never thought there was a, a malaise or a hangover from last week. And this team, you know, managed the challenge of moving past that game. They managed the challenge of it being Senior Day and and, and probably emotional moment for a lot of those guys that that play uh, important roles for this team. Guys and, like Bumpus that we never talk about enough who have done so much for right. This program. And, and Ben tweeted a great video of a few seniors after the game just kind of hanging around the, the tee at midfield and just kind of cherishing it. Um, that, that I'm, I'm sure we'll have up on the site here uh, before too long. And um, they handled all that stuff great. And, and, you know, when they were pushed a little bit, they responded. That's what great teams do. That's what championship teams do. Um, you know, Hypo has talked about his team's leadership all season and said it's really good and, and starts with Hinton Hooker. And there's other guys that uh, set the tone and, and keep this team in line. And, and I think Hooker, uh, Hypo credited him for early in the week, some of his words. You know, he, he gathered the team before the game was even over last week in Athens and, and said, we're going to bounce back. And I'm sure that was a message he continued to relay coming back Monday, Tuesday, as they got ready for this game. So uh, that's been a constant theme for this team all along. And, and now they will, will move on, and, and they know they've got to go out and, and you know put two more games together like this where they, they win big and, and uh, as, they, as sort of Hypo put it after the game, make a statement. That's the thing, Ben, right? I think we can end on that, that they, they can't – you, at the end of the day, you just you got to win, and then you take your chances, right? But if you can win in beauty pageant style, you go out there and uh, you know put on a nice show for everybody. That that helps the situation because you know if that Pac-12 winner comes out with one loss, you know TCU keeps going uh, un, unbeaten, and we don't know what they're going to do tonight against Texas and moving forward. We'll see how Ohio State Michigan goes. There are games out there that do not involve Tennessee that will affect Tennessee in a big way. But all you can control at the end of the day is what you can control. Tennessee took its fate out of its own hands last week, and, and now it has to go out there and, and, and give, the, give the committee no doubt. You have to. It's, it's not a matter of, oh, if, if you've got the opportunity, take advantage of making the score look ugly. You have to. You absolutely have to, especially with some of the, the thought, process, <laughs> thought processes that have been thrown out there this week from the committee and some of the silly arguments that national media members are trying to make and, and silly arguments that, that are being floated out there by uh, those uh, on the selection committee and uh, those running the, the release show, uh, they're already somewhat doubting Tennessee in a way and, and trying to – I don't think they're, they're purposefully trying to make the, the case against Tennessee – but by some of the reasoning that they are losing, they are making the case against Tennessee. Yeah, There's been far more of that than somebody outside of Knoxville kind of standing up and, and taking up for Tennessee. So because there's, yeah, it, there's, it feels like everybody's trying to be the devil's advocate when no one's actually making the main point 
that you need to have the devil's advocate for. It's like if everybody's playing the devil's advocate role and saying, hey, maybe not, then wait, somebody's got to be saying, hey, guys, the numbers say if they keep winning, they're in. Correct. Absolutely. And, and we talked about this at length on the podcast we did following the, the rankings release this past Tuesday. If, if you missed that, go go back and, and listen to that if, if you want to hear our thoughts. Um, but because of the inconsistencies with the messages, you've got to go out there and, and win the way that they did today. Yes, as long as you win, that is the most important thing because you'll you'll still be eleven and one and and have several nice wins on your resume. But you never know when a Kentucky is going to lose to Vanderbilt, and that did hurt Tennessee. Not not that Tennessee. Everybody was, in here still laughed. Everybody in the in the stadium still kind of chuckled a little bit when they announced that score. Not that you were hanging your resume on the win over Kentucky, but it helps to have Kentucky in the top twenty five on on the re- rankings release night every Tuesday. Uh, Alabama loses into Ole Miss, although Tennessee fans would love to see Alabama lose to Ole Miss, that, that doesn't help Tennessee. It doesn't kill Tennessee. I'm not trying to make, say that at all, but you, you need these teams that you have beaten to continue winning. I mean, it's really that simple. And, and again, because the, the selection committee and, and those who are running the show with the college football playoffs, they're already kind of doubting Tennessee when comparing them to other teams. You're going to need help. But you're also going to have to win pretty. You need to win, first and foremost, even if you beat South Carolina 25-24, to 24, you, you still won. You're still going to finish the season 11-1, and one, but you, you do have to win pretty like Tennessee did go on to do today against Missouri because even in the first half, the Dan Wilkins of the world were, were sitting there tweeting about Tennessee not looking the best. They're, they're ready to kind of pounce on Tennessee for an ugly win. Tennessee fans are, are aware of that. They, they've counted ugly wins. All, every fan base looks at other teams and say, oh, they didn't beat them that, that well. That was an ugly win. That, that shouldn't say much. Were the same much. thing about Michigan dragging Correct. ass all day against Correct. Nebraska Michigan, today? Yes, I, I'm, I'm sure. So, well, they're still playing. Michigan was up 31-3 last I it saw. It was 17-3 like late in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Yeah. It was, so, you know t- I mean. Tennessee has to, to win first and foremost. But if they can, they absolutely have to win pretty and try to put up as many points as they can. All you can do is all you can do, and today they, to, can, to uh, this, they did what they could do. To this point, I'll share a tweet from uh, Bear, the guy that's on game day. He's getting, he's getting ratioed pretty hard. Uh, I genuinely want to know how the coaches on the committee will feel about that, that being Tennessee scoring late. Look, I'm all for letting your backups play, but this feels like a little much. Feels like a little soft to me. I mean, it's just – for all the talk, and I really believe there's no conspiracy there because I know for a fact that there are more, like, Tennessee graduates at, at that company than there are graduates from, like, any other SEC school and, and people, like, in positions of power. So there's well, no, like, grand Illuminati conspiracy here, but there are things said about Tennessee it, that are not said and, about and other programs, and that is 100% true. It's like Peter Burns said earlier this year. There's a lot of people mad at how good Tennessee is. They, are, they trigger the and now that And now that Tennessee had, you know, kind of I don't want to say face planted against Georgia but had a you know had a tough day everybody's piling on and now they're now that there's a reason to exclude Tennessee from potentially making the playoff now they're just it's just going to be finding ways like like I can't remember which one of you said it they're going to be trying to find ways to keep you out and, and and this these talking heads matter because I mean they do it's it's a beauty contest at this point because Tennessee's not going to probably not going to have a uh, a conference championship probably not going to have a division championship do they need it Ultimately, we'll see, but um, that, that's just going to be you – know, I'll go back to what I said earlier. They have to, quote, look like a playoff team, and if you, know, if you need to win 66-24 to, uh, as opposed to, what, 52-24 to prove your point, go do it. If Eli Drinkwitz doesn't have a problem with it, 
enough to come out and say that publicly. I don't know why anybody else would. But I'll end with this thought. If Tennessee wins the next two weeks and it's anything but like a really close game, it would be one of the very best resumes that's not been in the college football playoff. It would be it would be against the grain. So we'll see. Uh, all you can do is what you can do when you can do it, and Tennessee did what it could do today, and we will have more throughout the week. We'll have uh, more podcasts, obviously, uh, Monday, then we'll have Tuesday when the rankings come out again. We'll have to have one. Uh, we'll have some hoops discussion again over the next couple of days, a big one there uh, tomorrow against Colorado in Nashville and uh, a couple more hoops games next week. Florida Gulf Coast uh, is, is coming in. So lots to talk about in lots of sports. Um, but right now, uh, this episode and a lot of them for the next week and couple weeks are football-related, and Tennessee had a big football day today. So until then, guys, we will, uh, we will, we will see you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wes. Bye, Wes. There's that button. There's that button. And now I can say, Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at govals247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. 
There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.